Welcome back to Watched Once, Never Again, the podcast where we uh, watch disturbing movies so that you don't have to. I'm Dax. And I'm Mary Beth. And today we have just a delightful film to talk about. Um, Would you care to explain your first pick of your first pick, your first pick of movie for your first pick of director series. I so our director series is for this the next couple of weeks is on Catherine Bria, who is a French director. It is her birthday on the day of recording, the July 13th. So happy birthday, Catherine. That's right. It was not on purpose. That we was not on purpose. Last night. It's very strange. But so we will be doing a look at her films that have a lot to do with like very intense looks at sexuality as she tries to break down a lot of barriers between representations of sexuality and taboo topics. On <coughs> um, I'm keeping that in. <laughs> taboo topics on screen. And the first film that we are looking at of hers is her 2001 film Fat Girl, which is... A movie about both nothing and a lot of things all at once. <laughs> in a way, it is similar. Like, we said that a lot with Solo, but this, I feel like, is a very, like, different representation of that that phrase. So, trigger warnings, everyone, for sexual assault. A lot of, a lot of talk of sexual assault. And fat phobia. If the, t- if the title did not give it away, might be some fat phobia. <laughs> Just a little. Just a little. Just a, a, a splattering of fat phobia. Um, but yeah, so Dax, do you want to take us away with a with a, the plot synopsis of Fat Girl? Yes. So this actually does have two other titles, I guess we should point out. Yes. <laughs> so one is To My Sister, but it's in French. So whatever that is. Actually, let's see. Ah, ma soi? Sure. I'm a soul. <laughs> so yeah, it's to my sister is the orig- is the original name in French. And then Fat- the other one. <laughs> What's the other one? Oh my god, no! I forgot it was the The other one is more offensive. Story of a whale. <laughs> I'm not making that up that it really is what it is. I'm laughing because it's so ridiculous. Like why was <laughs> It goes for my sister. Story of a whale and fat girl. Like what in the fuck kind of shit? We'll talk about it. We will talk about it. But as we will soon find out. Yes. She's quite a character. This director. She's quite a character. Okay. (laughs) So let's get into the plot. Once again, thank you to Wikipedia for sponsoring our podcast. Just kidding. But thank you to whoever wrote this on Wikipedia. Shouts out to you. Okay. Anais and her older sister, Elena, are vacationing with their parents on the French seaside. Bored of staying in their vacation home, the two walk into town while discussing relationships and their virginities. Although the conventionally attractive Elena has been promiscuous, she is saving actual intercourse for someone who loves her. I while... fucking hate the word intercourse. I <laughs> Me just too. fucking I... hate that goddamn word. I really do. Anyway. I have like a whole list of words I really hate, and one day we're going to get into them, but that right, is cool. one of them. <laughs> <laughs> also lunch. Anyway. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> she's saving actual intercourse for someone who loves her while overweight and Aish thinks that's all there is to her. Um, <laughs> while overweight and Aish thinks it is better to lose one's virginity to a quote, nobody just to get it over with. Very excited to talk about that. Me too. Like this dichotomy. <laughs> They meet an Italian law student, Fernando, at a cafe. Later, Fernando sneaks into the girl's bedroom for a liaison with Elena. Anais is awake and watches their entire interaction. After a conversation about Fernando's previous relationships with other women, Elena consents to have sex with him but backs out at the last minute. Frustrated, Fernando pressures her through various means, including threatening to sleep with some other woman just to alleviate himself. Good God. I don't like that phrase. Finally, Elena is coerced into... (laughs) That just came out of nowhere. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This sentence. Finally, Elena is coerced into anal sex as a, quote, proof of love, although it is obviously a painful experience for her. In the morning, Fernando asks for oral sex from Elena before he leaves, but Anais has had enough and tells them to let her sleep in peace. The next day, the girls and Fernando go to the beach. Anais sits in the ocean in her new dress and sings to herself while Elena and Fernando go off alone together. Later, as the girls are reminiscing about their childhood together back at the house, Elena reveals Fernando gave her a ring while at the beach. Let's go to the beach, beach. Anais. (laughs) Mickey Ninja. (laughs) Thank you so much. That is also where my brain went. <laughs> Nikki Minjaj. Anais openly expresses her suspicions about Fernando's intentions. That night, Elena gives up her virginity to Fernando as Anais silently cries on the other side of the room. This is fucking. This is like the most upsetting fucking movie. I'm sorry, just like reading the plot. It's pretty upsetting. Yeah, it's so fucking upsetting. It is. Later, Fernando's mother arrives at the vacation house asking for the ring Fernando gave to Elena back as it belongs to her and is one of a collection of pieces of jewelry from past lovers that she keeps. On discovering Elena and Fernando's relationship, their mother angrily decides to drive back to Paris. That's not true. On the way back, she becomes tired and decides to sleep at a rest stop where a man smashes the windshield of their car with this is just and and here it comes because it really does come the fuck out of nowhere that's what i was gonna say it does come out of nowhere on the way back she becomes tired and decides to sleep at a rest stop where a man smashes the windshield of their car with an axe kills elena and strangles their mother while ripping her her clothes when Anais gets out of the car and starts backing away, he takes Anais into the woods and rapes her. When the police arrive the next morning, Anais, recalling her conversation with uh, uh, Elena about virginity, insists he did not rape her. The end. Freeze frame. Degrassi theme song. <laughs> Fuck. I said that wasn't true because there, Elena's parents know about Fernando. In fact, he has breakfast with them one day yeah yeah so so they're aware they're aware they just don't fucking give a shit which is something we'll they're, get into. I, they're not technically aware that he's coming into the house at night but also it's not quiet no. either but like 
what she we screams talk, we can talk about that because i was like anywho yes anyway. so do you have any background on Catherine Briot like readily available that you want to talk about yeah so the big thing I think that we need to hit right off the bat is that this woman is not uh the most uh, politically progressive in terms of sexual politics because she uh called Asia Argento a traitor for talking about what well, I know Asia Argento has a whole other yeah. lots of issues going on she herself has allegations she, yes exactly but uh, Briac accused Argento of being a traitor for accusing Harvey Weinstein of sexual assault. She is part of this. She is not about, she's not like supportive of the Me Too movement. And it's very weird because sexual politics in France are very bizarre in terms of feminism. And a lot of women, like especially white women, don't really get it in France about like, me too. This I, I had a professor in my master's program who was talking to me about this and how like a lot of women kind of just see it as like it happens and move on, which is not good. And I think Briotta is one of those people who is like, don't rock the boat, which is so which is so fucking fascinating to me because she makes this movie entire movie about what like the different like visions of sexual assault and what sexual assault can look like. And then she turns tail when it comes up in you know reality and is very much not a supporter of survivors and from this movie i i would and from a lot of her movies you'd think that she'd have some rather like more progressive sexual politics but um i don't know about that that's fair because have you do you own this movie like i, I do but i have not watched anything on it I have the Criterion. You have the Criterion. I okay, have the so... Criterion. This is a Criterion movie, everybody. And when you watch it, you're like, yep. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> a lot sounds like it happens, but a lot doesn't actually happen in between a lot of the horrible things happening. Again, one of those movies. Yeah, and like literally <clears throat> like just the uh, I, the like texture. Like that's the only way I can describe it. Like, you yeah, know, it has yeah, that exactly. like, look to it. Um, that like grainy quality. But mm -hmm. so watching this movie, I agree with you. You would think that, oh, she's showing the different depictions of what rape can be like coercion. That is not like consent. Yeah. I, I hope that most of us agree on that. Right. I would hope so. And if you don't, please don't You're listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That and don't listen to our podcast. But she does not see it that way. Like, so what you and I are talking about is Fernando uh, versus the, like, ex-murderer. Yes. Um, so Fernando is this, like, she alleges that he's charming. I think he's a creeper. I think he's a fucking creep. And he looks a like, to put this in perspective... Anais is a is looks like the younger a younger sister, and Elena looks like the hot older sister. You have that obviously that like kind of ugly duckling pairing going on, very yeah. obviously with Anais, who is like, oh, she's fat, which is supposed to be making her ugly. We love that fat phobia throughout the entire thing. But then for Nan Elena and Anais look like kids, like they don't look. Yeah. They're and fifteen for, and thirteen. Yeah, and they look like that. 
they a lot of the times in you know portrayals, it's people might not think they're convincing as fifteen and thirteen year olds, but these are children. And Fernando is an adult man; like he looks like an adult man. The age difference is very obvious. His ability to interact with their parents makes it very obvious that he is a grown, like he is an adult. And and also he's so he gives us an inclination of how old he is because he said he's a second year in law school. That's right. Yes, exactly. So he is about twenty four, right? Yes. Math. Something. I have, I'll trust magnets. you. magnets. How does that work? Fucking magnets. How do they work? <laughs> but yeah, so like this person is in their probably mid-20s. Right. And so so in, I can actually read it to you. I'm holding it now. Bria makes a couple very interesting sort of uh, backwards remarks. Now, granted, this is from 2004. Um, this interview, uh, I think, in this Criterion disc. So, uh, nope, 2001, actually. So, let's see. There's just so many to pick from. <laughs> the interviewer says, you seem a little less violent toward your male, male characters. And Briot says, Fernando is not an asshole. Like, ah! went, you brought it up, girl. <laughs> no one who even said his name uh fernando is not an asshole when he repeats that would be a proof of love we are given access to one of the major differences between men and women they don't understand romantic discourse the same way fernando is sincere in what he is saying but it's an instance it's an instant sincerity what he says ceases to be true as soon as his desire is fulfilled while elena takes it as a mythical promise Boys wrap their desire in a charming discourse that girls read as the expression of the of their feelings. They have been brought up to be receptive to sentimentality, not to opportunistic desire. They themselves have the same desire, but they deny it in the name of, and it's like italicized sentimental ethics. It is a social factor that throws everything off. On one hand, one could argue that the rapist is the most sympathetic male character before you freak out. Let me finish it. Okay. I, I was like, I'm going to keep listening and just like enter and bottle it all up. Bottle it all up because. Whoo. I can just feel it. Um, on, on one hand, one could argue that the rapist is the most sympathetic male character in the film. He is the only one who presents himself as he really is. He doesn't make any romantic promise. That there's almost more respect and more love in this final scene than in the previous ones. That is true of okay. the film, not of oh. the reality of rape. She said that, not me. Okay, she said so this is true of the film. That, that last part, I could agree with a little bit. I don't like the word sympathetic, but I sort of maybe, I don't know. I think the ending I actually want to talk about, because I think there is an interesting, obviously a really interesting tension going on between like these two sexual relationships, which are obviously seemingly very different, but huh? I, I feel like she would just describe the process of grooming <laughs> in the beginning part. Well, like, yeah. Oh. And that it, makes me really like wonder about her because uh yeah. paired with what she you know said about the harvey weinstein case i'm like are you like a rapist or something like what's your deal you know like i don't know i i i'm trying not to make any judgments about anybody else who watches this film like uh 
as a as an active viewer like if you interpret it one way and i interpret it a different way generally i'm gonna probably say we're like both right and like with this film i suppose you could say that like that you that fernando isn't a creeper but like i i don't see it and i don't understand how she doesn't see it and that worries me because uh you know this movie was banned like yeah in canada for like a a while i think a couple years and i I don't remember if it was banned anywhere else i can actually like quickly look that up so this is again from uh wikipedia it says fat girl was banned in ontario by the ontario film review board in late 2001 due to objections regarding the frank representation of teenage sexuality American film critic Wheeler Winston Dixon noted that the film was not only banned in Ontario, but was, quote, severely restricted to adult audiences throughout the world. Dixon described the film as a, quote, harrowing tale of a 13-year-old girl's coming of age as her 15-year-old sister embarks on a series of sexual relationships. I don't think I'd describe it that way. No. Uh featuring quote explicit sexual scenes in a quote brutal narrative structure the ban in canada was eventually overturned and the film played in several theaters in 2003 so it doesn't look like it was banned anywhere else but it was very heavily restricted and that is because there is full-on nudity um and like sex scenes involving teenagers like the te- the young girls are both seen fully naked at points yep and that worries me you know uh like i learned this today that that sex scene i'm p- with uh elena and fernando i'm pretty sure was filmed like 20 times or something oh god great yeah and that's what like is worrying to me because yeah. i'm like um if you could watch this movie and think Fernando is like a good guy. Um, that to me says maybe you're not thinking of like an like an older man as predatory, and um, you're like exposing these teenage girls to that. And this, like, sure, this is just a movie; it's not real. But um, do you know what I'm saying? It's like you're. Yeah you're doing the thing in real life you're continuing to expose them like you're having having a young girl film a scene like that anyway i i'm not a filmmaker so i don't know like if that's like a thing um it seems like it shouldn't be um to me a non-filmmaker but uh if you're having a young girl like that, like repeatedly, like reenact sex scenes with an older man, totally naked, like kind of, and and I also learned that she she said she had the perfect take on the tenth take, so it's like, why 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 are you doing this then? Like why are you like, uh, I I don't I don't want to put any words in anyone's mouth. Like I don't want to make anyone out to be a victim who doesn't feel victimized or anything but that's potentially traumatic don't you think 
Yeah, it doesn't feel like responsible filmmaking at all. Especially, again, you have minors, and I know that there are a lot of, I feel like there are a lot of rules with that, especially in the States. I don't know what it's like in France with those ki- with that kind of filming, but that just seems like, again, you are putting someone through something that you might not think is the same level as what you're trying to portray on screen, but it actually, it can be just as traumatizing, especially if that person has to simulate it and put themselves in that mental space. And a child like it is it's just questionable at best (laughs) from briot yeah it's just um i don't know it really like raises a lot of questions to me like knowing that hearing what she said about like uh the harvey weinstein case knowing that she um you know doesn't view fernando as any sort of bad guy like that's so strange to me i don't understand and i almost wish yeah. like i don't understand how you could make this movie and like that's such, that would have been such a like poignant thing to uh you know examine is the different types of sexual assault like on yeah. one hand you have the coercion from fernando where he's pressuring her and basically bullying her until he gets what he wants um and then there's like the the other ex-murderer guy that would have been such uh, like uh i i don't like a smart thing to do well exactly (laughs) and that's how i usually read the movie you know that's how i read the movie and then you know doing this research it is like we then what the fuck were you trying to say exactly yes like what was the exactly how i felt too because this is not the first time either of us have seen this we both love this movie yeah exactly and i love this movie because of both that like that portrayal of sexual assault and like different it's not just like a black and white situation but what it can look like and inside of a relationship as well. And I also think it's a really interesting point, like kind of looking at virginity. And I have a lot of thoughts about how this film constructs virginity. And I actually really like how it, well, like, like how, at least in the beginning, was like, just like kind of this comparison between you losing your virginity and putting it on a pedestal. And Mm -hmm. I like making losing your virginity, this like beautiful thing that should be saved when really it's the most uncomfortable thing ever and gross and no one needs to remember it. She has a lot to say about that, too. She does have a lot to say about that. And uh... she's got a lot to say generally. Like when when I was reading this um, interview with her, I was just like, what is your deal? Like, uh, I don't think she knows what her deal is. And I, that's why I'm interested to watch. I've, this is the only one of her movies I've seen. And a lot of her other movies are also very like have very intense sexual politics. But it, none of, well, not none of it. There are a couple more with minors that she has done. And it's very, it's very fascinating. So I'm very curious to watch more of her movies and like die and look at, see more of like what she thinks about sex and women in sex. Cause a lot of her movies are focused on women, but these women are also going through a lot of hell in the realm of sexuality, which is very true here. Yeah, I think this is the only movie I've seen by her, so I'm very excited to, like, see what else, uh, yeah. you know, she's done. She just, It's just funny reading this interview. It just seems like she doesn't ha- have a good thing to say about anyone or anything. I think that's kind of her vibe. I think like she's kind of... A, like, like curmudgeon or something? Yeah, a grumpy asshole. 
Yes. I think she's very grumpy. She says, like, the notion of believing in love is stupid, which, fine. (laughs) Like, she said, like, this is literally her first, the way she opened it up, ready? Our society wants everybody to be adult, but we're all eternal adolescents. We don't change. It's both wonderful and pathetic. The way the young Italian man talks in the film, it's everything we want to hear. He has an irresistible voice, the voice of the fates. As soon as you hear it, you fall under the spell of love. Perhaps this film, more than the others, like her other films, speaks Mm -hmm. of the betrayal represented by the lover's discourse. Love has to be an ideal, but to believe in it is stupid. From that point of view, the film is terrifying. Okay. And then, like, she also says both the... Like, she basically cast both the young girls, like, based on how they look. Of course she did. Yeah, like, um, Anais, who I think is so good in this movie. She's incredible. Yeah, she said that she wasn't. Um, (laughs) uh, Briot said that, she said both of them were not, like, good, but that they had something about them that made them good, if that makes sense, I guess. Uh, she was also Anais. Fun fact was found at a McDonald's. Like she wasn't an actor. <laughs> I love that. She, I think she's great. I don't know what this bitch is on because I don't. She's incredible in this movie. Like she's got yeah. such an attitude and a like an attitude that is so like she's so unbothered. She's so self assured in a way that's really interesting to see. And on and she's unbothered and she's like has this obviously has this self-esteem issues when she's called fat and is seen eating breakfast and everyone like gives her shit for eating and but she is so unbothered yeah it almost seems like whenever they do that she's just like yeah that sucks but i'm gonna just eat my sunday yeah exactly like when they're at the beach and she's eating a sunday she's just like i'm having a good time at the beach i love that I like that. That's what I loved about her, though. Like, I mean, I didn't like that it was called Fat Girl, and that the entire premise, like, like they, the entire premise does not revolve around her being fat, but the title makes it seem that way, which is why this was not what I was anticipating. I don't know what I thought I was gonna see, but I did not think it was going to be this like very intense navigation of sexuality and consent in young girls when I first watched it. Just a little insight on the title, Fat Girl. This, like, interview also, or maybe it's another part of the um, booklet that the Criterion just comes with. Mm-hmm. It mentions, like, how Anais has, like, the weight of the world on her shoulders. So, like, her her physical appearance is supposed to reflect that. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. you. I mean, I wouldn't have gotten that necessarily no. if it didn't, like, feed that to me. But, no pun intended, but, uh, yeah, go on. No, I just wanted to, to kind of start discussing the two perspectives we have on virginity in this movie, um, with Elena being like, it has to be with someone special, and, and Anais being like, nah, fuck that. Yeah, it, it's like and the how first you, conversation they have, too. Yeah, it's the first conversation they have. It really sets the character, like, it really kind of sets the set up, sets up who the characters are, like, what they're about, their attitudes, their perspectives, and I thought it was a very refreshing conversation to see in movies because I feel like virginity is 
and there is a small shift happening, but virginity in movies isn't talked about so plainly, I feel like, a lot of the time. Like, virginity is this beautiful thing that you're going to lose and save and have to give to the perfect guy or person, rather. Um, it is mostly a hetero, it is a pretty hetero thing, though. I feel like, like it's always kind of pretty hetero sexual cis sex where it's like, virginity, you'll lose it, it'll be beautiful. And I feel like it's not discussed like that a lot in film. Or it hasn't been. It hadn't been at this point, at least. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Sex I feel, is weird, man. <laughs> well, because like I don't know. It's like teen comedies always talk about it. It's always funny. But then here you have this like very frank conversation about it, and you have Elena who is basically presenting you this like fairy tale version of what it means to lose your virginity and have sex for the first time, and then Anais is like. Nah, like, fuck that. Like, just get it out of the way. And, and I'm like, honestly, though? Yeah. I, I kind of agree. I have, like, at being the- a sex haver myself, I agree. Also, <laughs> being a sex haver myself, I also agree. Because growing up as, as, like, a young girl who was boy crazy in the suburbs, like, virginity was, like, something I thought about a lot and, like, who I wanted to lose my virginity to and if I was going to save myself until marriage because I grew up Catholic and I was like, ooh, who am I going to save it for? That went out the fucking window, like, almost immediately as soon as I started being into, like, high school. And it just, like, was not that big of a deal to me, it felt like, at that point. I was like, Mm. it had been for a long time. And then it happened, and I was like, that was lame. <laughs> <laughs> I literally never thought about it. Oh. Like, I, I thought about sounds... sex, but I never thought <laughs> about, like, virginity. Like, yeah. Ever. And, I mean, spoiler alert, I'm a boy. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't think most I, – I, I think most children probably – uh, think about losing their virginity but I don't think that we think of it necessarily the same depending on like you know your gender yeah yeah um, like boys are like oh like I'm gonna do that and it's gonna be cool hope it hope <laughs> I can like last or whatever uh, and girls tend and it's because of socialization it's I'm not saying it's like inherent inherent to either sex. I'm just saying, generally speaking, boys are socialized to think of losing their virginity that way. And then girls tend to be socialized um, to think of it the way that you were saying, where they're like, yeah. who am I going to save it for or whatever. Um, yeah, I never thought of like, who am I going to save it for? Like, I, I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to just like do it. But uh, <laughs> like, I, I just yeah. didn't think about it. And then, yeah. And it happened. Actually, that's a hilarious story if you want to hear it. <laughs> Do you want to tell it? I don't care. Okay. Uh, so I, it was at a party. Uh, one of my best friends had like a, a his 17th birthday party, I remember. And uh, my girlfriend and I like decided like that was the time like. <laughs> Well, we had talked about it. We had planned for it to be at the party. And, oh, boy. Oh, wow. Romance. Well, because <laughs> we were, like, in a secret relationship. Oh, family. We were okay. We supposed to be together. So, like, she got invited to the party. I got invited to the party. The, like, her parents, my parents, could 
probably didn't even know where the fuck I was. But her parents didn't know I was there. So like she got dropped off, you know, and then I was then we classic high school. Classic yeah. high school situation. Yeah. Uh <laughs> So we're at this party, like, kind of, like, making out on the couch or whatever. And then, like, someone is finally, like, can you please, like, get a room? And we were, like, okay. Wait, was that literally your plan was to have someone tell you to get a room? No. Okay. (laughs) I was going to say, that's that's incredible if that was part of your plan. No. But also I get when you are in high school and you just make out with your partner on the couch in front of God and everybody. (laughs) Yeah, on like a Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, who cares? Who gives a fuck where you are? It's just like, let me just put my tongue inside of your mouth. Yeah, like, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, like, exactly. Where, where were we supposed to go, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I literally just like yelled to my friend who was like in his kitchen, like drinking with a bunch of people. I was like, hey, can we like go upstairs to your room to have sex? And he was like, you know, normally I'd probably say no to that, but because you asked and you asked so nicely, of course you can. Oh my god! I fucking love him. I miss That's him so sweet. much every day. Um, That's actually very sweet. He was the best. Like he's uh, wow. Miss him. Um, kind. Yeah. Woo! Don't get emotional. Anyway, oh. um, so <laughs> we go up to his room. And After like announcing to everybody that you're about to go have sex in his room, <laughs> incredible. I don't. Well, the reason we like I yelled it was because like everyone was like pretty drunk, so I figured like, oh, and okay. I don't drink, and neither did my girlfriend, so like everyone else was like turnt, and we were like fine. So I'm like, they're not gonna fucking know what we're doing or remember even like you know, uh. <laughs> I don't know if I was right or wrong. No one ever brought it up. But you know what? Just live in the blissful ignorance. Yeah. So we go up to his room and his room is like a little bit of a mess because he's like a teenage boy and I'm a germaphobe. So I was like, I'm not getting in his bed. Like, <laughs> uh, like I won't. I shan't. And <laughs> I shan't. <laughs> so uh, it was like um how far did i want to take this story i don't know (laughs) just um it was like on a like it was like on a chair so ah uh, spoiler alert i'm a top as we all know so uh, (laughs) she she was sitting on a chair and then i was like um uh doing your thing yeah and then he, (laughs) he walked in he walked in and he was like, oh, I just wanted to see if you were serious. <laughs> and then he closed the door. <laughs> and then he came in again. He was like, I'm just going to grab this. <laughs> left. He was like, oh, I'm so proud of you, too. <laughs> and then he fucking left. And I was like, what just happened? I wow. was dying. I was dying. Like, I was laughing. Because th- I thought that was so funny. Congrats, you two. Thanks. Yeah, it was like fine. It was like whatever. it was. It is what it is. When you are a teenager and horny, yeah, I, and don't know I, what you're doing. Yeah, just uh, At least I didn't know what I was doing. What an interesting relationship. Like literally, just <laughs> everywhere. Like everywhere, but like in a bed in a house. Isn't like, that how it goes in high school? You're just like 
Where can I do it? Wow, just caution to the wind. I have so many stories that maybe I'll tell you eventually. <laughs> <laughs> just so many, just so many. Uh, yeah. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> talk about that. Uh, where was I? Where were we? Uh, virginity is a concept, and virginity is a concept being kind of like mocked in this movie. <sighs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. All right. Just like, no, I'm just kidding. Well, and I think this like, so I think the, one of the big things that stuck out in this movie is like when he says to her, well, let's just have anal sex. It doesn't count. And that makes me think so much about how people are always like, oh, yeah, they like have anal as like a loophole for not having for not like losing their virginity, which is. I don't understand. I don't either. How is that not? I don't. I truly. Like truly don't understand how that is a loophole like to anything like i don't under, like i don't understand. isn't sodomy considered i just I, I, it, it, has, it has it has literally yeah a sin i was like illegal but i'm like wait hold on. illegal to god illegal to god the god cops are gonna come find you god illegal God. <laughs> I just imagine the god cops as like remembering ghosts when the like demons come up from hell. And they're like, uh, uh. they're the god cops. A <laughs> cab does include god cops. <laughs> and good night. It's like interesting um, because Anais is so much more. Um, emotionally complex and also emotionally mature in some ways than Elena and yeah. in other ways she's like um, of course like a 13 year old girl so she's not so mature but I love that she says that and she's like nah just get it over with that's like you well, go and girl it's- you go it's like fuck it up hell yeah but also it seems to have this kind of prevailing idea that it's like because she is fat she has to think yeah. that way did you get that vibe that you know it, what i mean like oh I she's think fat. she straight up says that yeah like, like she has to, she kind of takes what she can get at that point like because she knows she's not as hot as her sister and she does say because she's too young yeah like that's, that's part of why she, people she don't doesn't... think of her as sexual that, well, you know, that's probably a, ve- you know, that's valid to me. <laughs> Don't think of her at 13. Maybe just leave that one alone. But I think that um, Catherine Briot herself admits, like, I'm pretty sure in this interview, she says something about how, like, Anais has to think that way because she is bigger and people don't, like, see her as beautiful or something like that. Yeah, it's a bit, it's but a defense she mechanism. She thinks she's beautiful. I think she says she has a forbidden disturbing body i want to say let me see yeah yeah so her pre and i used she's talking about her presence is so imposing that you can't say she's not beautiful she has a quote forbidden body a disturbing body very sensual even if her head and face are still those of a little girl in the eyes of the world the one has grace the other disgrace so she's talking about the two sisters there um but anais almost exists more uh the car cannot contain her she spills out all over the place blah 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 yeah i i feel like in another part she talks about like how uh 
her weight is supposed to indicate that that's the way she has to think about herself. Yeah. Which is so tragic that a 13-year-old girl, and this is the way a lot of women and girls think, and it's pretty, like, about how they think about themselves in regards to sexuality and how people how people regard them as attractive. Yeah. It's always like a, like a, you know, whatever the cliche so, is. Like, you're you're so cute for, like, a fat girl. Like, you're not allowed to say fat. You know what I mean? Like, people aren't allowed to say fat because people think fat means ugly. But that's not what the word fat means. Right. But this was 2001. So that doesn't necessarily, those politics don't necessarily, like, come up here. But it is interesting that she, like, I really like Anais's character in general is basically what I'm trying to say. That So do I. While this is, like, you know, <clears throat> Catherine Briott's very bizarre, I think she had did a really interesting job with Anais's character and showing off this kind of like dichotomy between the sisters, but without it being like, how do I put this? I don't know. I lost it. I just, I think she created a really fascinating dichotomy between sisters in a lot of different ways and uses her weight much more delicately than I could have expected. I was kind of waiting for this to be a little bit more exploitative and a little bit more insulting about her, about Anais's like body image. And it's not great by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's a little bit more nuanced than I had when I first saw this movie than I initially expected. No, I agree. It's, it's just wild how nuanced the movie is versus like her own words. Like, (laughs) You know. Yeah, exactly. There's so many good lines in this movie um, that sort of, like, give us a glimpse into, like, the uh, brains of all these characters. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think Elena says to Fernando, she's like, women aren't bars of soap. They don't wear away. Yeah. Uh, I, like pretty sure Anaïs says this it's sick being a virgin that, oh 100% I want that on yep. the shirt yep uh yeah I don't know I just I like a lot of um the relationship between the sisters too like you were saying yeah well and it's weird because I feel like there are these fucking lines in this movie that are like fuck yeah i feel that and then you hear Catherine yeah. Brett talk and you're like i don't understand what you stand for like for real for real because like you watch this and you're like oh that's like she totally thinks men are shit and that like the standards set for women around sexuality are completely bullshit and then it's like wait huh and it's just so confusing yeah because i it almost seems like she identifies with fernando like she her she she herself like identifies with Fernando, mm. um, it because like the like a lot of things like in the interview for instance she says basically that he's like charming and does everything right, she says he's not like uh I don't even know what her word is but I'm gonna say creep like yeah um like he does nothing wrong, I I don't know it's just so weird, like it. Yeah, you think the whole time and maybe it's us assuming because she's a woman making the movie um, 
you think the whole time that she's like condemning all these like men or these archaic like ideas of virginity versus you know sex um generally you know yeah. like like even in lines like when elena says to or elena says to the mother she's like well didn't you have a first time did you ask your dad when you did it you know yeah. it's like that is so that good like like you know it's so nuanced and it progressive yes but then you read what she has to say about her own movie and you're like damn you were judging these kids the whole time it's just so it's so it's such a weird situation where it's like you wish you didn't know who the director was which is not respond which is not responsible at all and i'm glad that i know and I know this information about her and can view the movie in a different way. But it fucking sucks <laughs> to hear her say it that does. shit and be like, what the fuck kind of movie? I don't under. We were on different wavelengths, I guess, with yeah. this movie. Because it's like, what did you want me to take from it? Because this is what I got and it wasn't what you were giving for some reason. Well, and like Fernando is a charming person, felt like very purposeful. He's supposed to be charming because then he gets he can weasel his way into a, a young girl's life who's. An older man gives you attention. You're going to want that attention. You're going to take that attention and you're going to do what you can to keep that attention. And I thought the whole thing was him preying on that and knowing that she would give what, give him whatever she, give him whatever he wanted because of her age and because of like her malleability as a young person. I thought the whole point was that he was a fucking creep. And then you have the axe murderer at the end who like, sounds fucked up but at least he was genuine like you were saying in that interview like at least he was just like i know what i'm about yeah he's like the like the foil yeah to him you have this like long like i mean this long like drawn out romance and then only have elena assaulted like she's assaulted multiple times by this guy because he forces her to do it and she's in pain and crying the whole time screaming screaming because anal sex without lube you know yeah everyone's favorite first time penetration experience i i can't so i actually wrote down some of his lines because i was like i don't under i literally cannot fathom how anyone thinks he's like okay like so some of the stuff i wrote down was that he said that he got a kick out of dumping a girl who liked him. Yep. And it was basically because she wanted to have sex with him. And he was, like, offended that she didn't want to be, like, romanced. You know? Um, Then uh, Elena asks, like, you know, am I going to be like all the other girls that he's had? And he says, no, I'd respect you. Go fuck yourself, I'll say. (laughs) Uh, then there's like a a part like the part where he's like manipulating Elena like trying to um, have sex with her he's like you're spoiling everything don't uh, and he's like you know that you're spoiling so I just have to be very frank I have a very hard time talking about this movie because of those scenes because of how realistic those grooming manipulation scenes are that are like really fucked up and like fuck me up because it's so realistic to experiences i've had which is both like hey i'm glad to see that shit on screen because i feel like you don't see a lot of this like sexual assault coercion representation in film it's either like 
assault by a stranger or consensual sex, I don't feel like there's a lot of gray area, again, like in films when talking about these sexual relationships and what sexual assault looks like in reality. Mm-hmm. But it still makes the movie really fucking hard to talk about and to watch because it's just like, uh, <clears throat> it's like when you've had those horrific experiences with a person making you feel like that. It just like, it's makes me feel sick. Same. Yeah. I, it's, yeah, it's difficult. I think more women and girls have probably experienced that um, because men are, men and boys are basically taught like get a yes. And like a yes is a yes. So like, uh, they don't think of coercion as assault and that's really disturbing to me and like mind you like i have experienced that and not with men like with a woman um who did that uh but like she at least listened to me you know when like the next day i was like hey this is what you did and imagine if like i did that to you how would you have felt and she was like oh shit like she felt really bad but like i have to imagine (laughs) you really can't uh have that conversation with most you know boys or men um because they're probably like well you said yes you know and it's like i don't understand why that isn't taught like that that is assault like i don't i just don't get it we don't have to like talk about that anymore but sorry i'm just like a little bit dissociating now uh no it's it's fine i just don't i like it's just further like part of why i don't understand where bria is coming from well and it, it pisses me off it actually makes me really fucking angry because this movie was something that i watched and was like felt I would watch this movie in a time where I was writing my thesis about rape revenge films and doing a lot of processing of my own trauma and trying to find movies that were directed by women that address my trauma because I did not have amazing experiences watching rape revenge movies directed by men. And so this was one of those movies that like I watched and was like, I felt so like it fucked me up, but I also felt like I felt seen. I felt understood. I felt like this person really kind of got what it was like to go through the world as a woman and to feel this pressure all the time and to experience that assault from a partner and to try to, and also try to take back your own narrative, especially with the ending of the film. And then hearing this about her, it just fucking sucks. Like, yeah, it's like she, she did perfectly encapsulate, the uh experience of being a young girl and being a woman but instead of you know seeing it how we're seeing it she saw it the opposite way like like you know what i mean like she encapsulated that experience and then um went on to like be the person that she's she's not condemning but the film is condemning you know yeah it's It's just just so strange like how i don't understand that leap there but i guess i'm not like a 70 something year old like boomer well and so i guess this kind of can we talk about the end because this kind of guess kind of leads to like me thinking about the end of the movie actually i have a couple notes so the first the first one is um i made a note of it when anais puts on all that sunblock like (laughs) 
at the Mood. pool, she like literally empties the the like lotion. Yep. And I just put, we stand a sun safe queen. It's true. Um, we do. She's very responsible. Uh, the other note, more a question. Do the French drive like us? Because that was really <laughs> bothering me. Tell me more. Um, Am I stupid? <laughs> am I stupid? I don't know how French people drive. Wait, can you elaborate what you're talking about? They so you know how when you think of like Europe, well, when I think of Europe, uh, you think of them driving like on the opposite side of the car and on the opposite side of the road. Yeah, they weren't doing that. Did you notice that the no. mom was driving like how like we would drive, like in Philadelphia, like on the driver's seat is on the left side. And, like, they're on the four-way highway. They're on the right side. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That just really, like, was... I, I didn't know that. Am I stupid? No, because I get confused about, like, which European countries follow which goddamn road rules. Like, I didn't even know that <laughs> some countries didn't do that. Like, you oh. know what I mean? Like, I didn't uh... know that. I'm going to cut this whole thing. Um, (laughs) Then I made a note of a line that I really liked that stuck out to me. And it's towards the end. Um, So it's when they're the girls and the mother are eating at like a gas station. uh, And like all the people around them leave all their trash everywhere. Mm hmm. And the uh, someone's like, I think it's the mom. She's like, people are pigs. And then Anais is like, typical French. And then the mom is like, we have enough to be ashamed of. I love that. I do too. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know French history really, but like, they've done a lot. <laughs> it's a, it's a wild. Say? It's wild history. Their history is fucking bananagrams. Yeah. Anyway, I just uh, wanted to point that out. I love that line. It's probably my favorite. Um, besides, like, it's sick being a virgin. Uh, that's a good line. It is a very um, good line. Anyway, go ahead. Let's get into the end. So let's get into the end because the end is a lot. Um, a lot. And it, it really feels like it comes out of nowhere because it, the lead up to it is just a lot of long shots of them driving in a car. Driving. She loves a long shot. Drive. That sex scene is like one it's take, too, 25 it's, minutes. It's too much. I like Thank it. You. I, love I like it. It's just, it's just a lot. I like a long take. I just, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's it. That's it. But yeah, so they're just driving, driving home from vacation, driving home, the, the, the ladies driving home from their vacation home. Sorry to interrupt, but their mother drives like a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this bitch is from Hoboken because she drives like a crazy person. Like, that is not how a normal person drives. She's like, like, basically intimidating all the fucking tractor trailers and shit. She's really like aggressive driver. She's, she's a fairy. so mad. She is that, a mad. She's like really mad that Elena, like, I don't even know if she's mad that Elena necessarily had sex, but she was mad that Elena took that ring from <laughs> Fernando. 
fast. She's like, get the fuck out. Like, getting the fuck away from here as quickly as possible. But so they pull over and they're sleeping. And a man fucking brutally attacks them. And as you read in the synopsis, Elena is killed. Their mother is killed. And Anais is raped in the woods. How they're killed is wild, though. Like we, sh- I know, I yeah. I know, I already read it, but like what the synopsis didn't say is that he axes Elena in the head, right? Like immediately, like runs up and like slit. Like it, it's so yeah, happens so fast. <laughs> it's so fast and so violent. Like this is not a and violent movie. Like this movie is not as it's got a lot of sexual violence, but it's not gory. It doesn't have this like th- and this at right. like this last. And it's overall quiet. It's quiet, and here it's just. Um, becomes a new French extremity movie immediately when he just fucking axes her in the head like out of nowhere it's crazy and she just like dies like immediately yeah, immediately like, nothing happens immediately like this character that we have become so invested in <clears throat> the entire film is just unceremoniously killed immediately like if in fucking immediately is just dead the mom yeah. is strangled and Anais is unbothered as always eating her taffy unbothered queen it's terrible to say but she's unbothered so when anise anise is brought into the woods and he sexually assaults her the thing that always stays in my mind is how she wraps her arms around his neck me too sorry i screamed me too (laughs) and that part punches me in the teeth and the stomach and the butt and the liver and all the organs because it's this really how do I even begin to describe how I feel about this scene? She is both trying to take control of the narrative and it's like, she's giving consent for this to happen. Not because like she's giving consent. So she doesn't feel disempowered in this scenario because she knows that he's about to have sex with her. He's about to rape her. So if she gives some kind of consent, or the illusion of consent, she has more power than he does. And I know that there, I initially read it when I first saw it. I was like, oh, did she want to have sex with him? And then I was immediately like, no, this is like her trying to take control over a situation where she has absolutely no control. And she's so young and so you think naive, but really she's so tragically smart about what she needs to do to protect herself or what she thinks that she can do to protect herself. And it's such a fascinatingly tragic contrast to what we see with her sister and Fernando and how she's manipulated. And it just kind of goes along and here Anais is like, well, what can I do to make myself feel more empowered in a situation where I have no power? And it fucks me up yeah i think we read it slightly differently but i agree with all of that part i just thought that he already started and then she was like resisting and then she hugged him but again it was a way of like taking control of the narrative and yeah accepting that this was her quote nobody like yep. who like she got it out of the way i guess yeah, which like Ugh. you know that's obviously not true because it's assault yeah in her brain and i have to suspect 
Catherine Briot's brain, uh, that was the case, you know, she was doing the exact thing that she said that she wanted to do. It was just, uh, not, you know, at a time that she chose, that's how it seems Briot probably thought of it, you know? Yeah. Even though it's assault and like assault is not the same as sex. I yeah, exactly. hope that I don't need to say that. But yeah. <laughs> Please, everybody. But it's like, especially at the end when like they take her out of the woods and she says he didn't rape her. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? That like line and freeze frame and stuff? I don't know. I just, um, it creeps me out that that last frame right because it's like she breaks the fourth wall almost and like looks at us and she's like so what happens is she's found in the woods by the police the next day and as the police are like taking her out of the woods they're saying to each other uh she says she wasn't raped and then she says uh you know you don't have to believe me if you don't want to or something like that and then like looks at the camera and freeze frame mm-hmm. and it always like creeps me out Sorry, I bitch who was talking to you <laughs> sorry i'm not sure <laughs> Jesus, uh, that's creepy as fuck <laughs> yeah i don't know what the fuck that was uh but it's almost like she's talking to us like yeah. is she saying to us like like the police are saying she says she wasn't raped and then Anais is like saying to the audience but you don't have to believe me if you don't want to you know basically daring us to like victimize her yeah exactly that's how i read it it was again it was like daring daring the audience to view her as a victim because i feel like for the entire movie we're viewing her as a victim in scare quotes like oh she's fat she's not as pretty as her sister like she's a like a, you know a victim of society and like won't yeah. be able to have all the opportunities that her sister will have because her sister's gorgeous and in this final active moment of violence that kind of comes to a head of like are you gonna view me as a victim now like now that this has happened to me like am i a victim to you like please continue to think of me as a victim but also now you can pity me more because I actually was assaulted and you aren't just looking at me as like a pitiful figure who is fat and who the, who's fat basically. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you always in media view, the few fat characters is pitiful, which is so fucked up. But, and then this violence happens. It's like, okay, cool. Can you, can I, can I be a victim now? Or like, do you want me to be a victim now? And it's a fascinating challenge. It is that especially... is so, so intense, like for the last, like in the last five minutes of a movie that has felt very like intense, but also kind of quiet where like, it feels like a slice, like a fucked up slice of life movie where it's like, they're just kind of living their lives and like girls are experiencing what it means to be a girl and horrible experiences with men. And then this ending is just like, and by the way, axe murder. You're like, what? Yeah. So anyway, what were you going to say? <laughs> just, I was just going to say, especially when. You consider that, like, as an adult person um, watching this movie, you know, as an adult, when you see, like, scenes with Fernando and Elena, um, they're not alone. Like, Anais is in the room, and she's, like, listening to them and watching them through her fingers um, as he's, like, coercing 
you know, her sister. And then again, when he comes and has sex with her, um, the, the camera doesn't really stay on Elena and Fernando during the sex scenes. They, it like goes to Anais and we see her reactions. Um, and you know, the second time she's like crying and she's, she's like facing us crying because she's like jealous or whatever. But it's also like when you're watching it as an adult, you're like, you are so young. You are 13. You are too young to be there. Like witnessing this, experiencing like this manipulation, uh, just all of it. Like, like you're a baby. You're a baby. You're a baby. And you have no idea. Like you think you know what you're seeing happen, but you don't really know. Like you can be a grown up 13. Like you can think you're so grown up. But you're still 13. You're still yeah. a child. You're still, your brain is still a, an unformed ball of mush. Exactly. And in that respect, like, yeah, you you may be, um, you may not think of yourself, like, as being victimized, but that is trauma. Yeah. Like, being inflicted upon you. Whether you accept it as trauma or not, you know, I'm not going to ever tell anyone whether or not they should think of what happened to them as trauma. Um, because if you don't feel like a victim, like I don't like, I, I don't think that's my place to make you, yeah, you know, to tell you otherwise, you know, that's, that's your thing. Yeah. You know, it's just so weird. Like, I don't know. At least that's how I read it. Like when I was watching it, I was like, she's a baby. And then at the end it's like, Oh, do you, you know am i a victim to you like still yeah like a kind of yeah a little bit because you're you're a child but i also like i also think a lot about the idea of victim with her sister too who is a is literally a victim of violence who is murdered Mm -hmm. but then she also is seen as kind of like the young girl victim who is taken advantage of by a boy so again like okay so how do you view her as a victim now the word the word victim now is not starting to make any fucking sense to me we keep saying it but again like the two sisters have this really interesting tension in their relationship and how briat wants to talk about being victimized and how you're being viewed by society and how you interpret and internalize your own trauma and how you try to process it and gain your own sense of power and agency over your body when you as a teenager just have no agency over yourself and how you want to try to like grasp at what that means to you as a kid yeah and and it's yeah uh, sorry you go ahead no and there's something just like so kind of tragic to have a 13 year old really confront their own agency like that mm-hmm. and seeing it on camera like that. And yeah. I was just going to say that it, uh, that end part also like reflects, you know, throughout the movie, of course, they're teenage girls, sisters, they're going to fight, but um, they're very loving towards each other in a way that you don't see with any of the other like characters towards them besides like Fernando is like pretty loving towards Elena, whether it's, um, you know, uh, honest or not, you know, it doesn't matter like necessarily just the fact that he is being loving and nurturing, uh, versus like their parents, for instance, who are kind of emotionally 
distant, I would say. Um, Elena's mom is a little bit nicer, or Elena's mom, their mother is like a little bit nicer towards Anais, uh, but not like really, you know? Um, but throughout the movie, you know, they have each other, like Anais and Elena, they have each other and they have this whole section where they talk about how they see so much of each other in themselves like uh and you know they're so different but so similar and they look nothing alike they don't look like their parents um but they just have this like really strong bond and i was just thinking about it you know when we're talking about anais like whether or not she is uh you know a victim um elena doesn't see herself that way either yeah. Uh, you know, like she seems like perfectly happy, you know, uh, right away after Fernando manipulates her and having sex right as soon as they're done. She's like, oh, I want to cry. But like you could see that as she wants to cry because like, uh, you know, if she thinks of her virginity as a part of herself, now a part of herself is gone. Right. Yeah. Um. But you could also read it as, like, she wants to cry because she just got fucking manipulated into having sex when she didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, how I would take it. But, uh, you know, she seems happy when she's talking about the interaction with Anais. And the next day, they they have, like, full-on sex, right? I think it's, like, the next day. Yeah. Um, and she seems, like you know she she's not manipulated or anything at that time like verbally like i think she's being groomed the whole time uh-huh but but uh you know it's not as like direct that time she she has agency over herself and wants to participate and when she's like reflecting on those instances she doesn't feel like a victim and i think that's interesting that neither of the girls feels like that yeah but we watching them do feel like that at at least i think probably most people watching it would agree with us when did you like watch this for the first time and why like when did you hear about this so i i watched it actually it was like a couple years ago i watched it while i was getting my master's because i was doing it was before i knew what i wanted to write my thesis on i knew i wanted to do something with rape revenge movies and women who directed them. I didn't know if I wanted it to be like a bigger study or just one movie. So I was just trying to get some background and looking at some of these movies that involve sexual assault that were directed by women. And of course, (coughs) fat girl was on the top of the list. So I thought, okay, well, we're going to watch it. And I had heard of it before and it kind of knew it had a reputation for being pretty fucked up. Um, so I watched it because it's not, you know, it's not a rape revenge movie necessarily, but I, it's not a rape revenge movie in the typical way. I have a lot of thoughts of it as a rape revenge movie and that An- Anais's revenge is taking back power from the rapist. Absolutely. And trying to rewrite her own narrative and make herself not the victim. And it's a very, you know, small part of the movie, but I think it's a crucial part of the movie and that where her sister wasn't getting, wasn't able to take that power over her own body, Anais is able to, or at least tries to. And I think it really takes a lot of those ideas about violence against the female body and tries to subvert them in a really fucked up, fascinating way where it's like, oh, by the way, 
this, all of this violence is going to happen very quickly at the end. And I'm going to leave you just kind of thinking about it. And I don't know, have fun. And it is a really interesting treatment of the female body. I don't know how I necessarily feel about it overall, but I really respected it and how it was changing the idea of what sexual assault looks like on screen. And it, it was pretty influential in like that period of my life to me. I mean, I never wanted to watch it again because it really fucked. It really made me feel sick. It reminded me of my own experience, sexual assault. And I, I never really wanted to watch it again, but I really liked it <laughs> and appreciated it and was glad that it existed. So that was kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I did not pick this movie. I love this movie and I, I would have picked it if it was okay with you, but you picked it. I did. I did in fact pick that. So everyone knows I did this to me. Um, (laughs) I I did this to me. I mean, you're okay though, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we we can talk about that after, but yeah. Um, But it is a movie that I think is really important for people to see. If you're interested, especially in like the rape revenge canon, French extremity, in a different way, in a very different way than what you're used to seeing. I think this is French extremity in a whole other light that you don't think about or really talk about. For you, French extremity is like inside and high tension and these very obviously bloody, gory, fucked up, abject terrors. But this is French extremity, I think, in a new way. And I think that a lot of, Briad does a lot of new French extremity in a very different way than it's usually thought of. She does new French extremity in terms of sexuality. So, yeah. which is why I'm kind of I'm excited to jump into the rest of her movies because all of her movies are about fucking. You so. like read my mind because I wanted to um, ask if you consider this to be new French extremity. I do. I do, 100. I I think you know not only because of the sexuality part, but just like that ending scene. Oh yeah, the ending is scene so is, brutal. It's, like yeah, it's it's honestly like I almost wonder how ethically they well they didn't ethically film it I guess because like that that rape scene there you're seeing like the whole thing and she's like like an actual teenage girl yep like the the actress like uh i I don't i don't know her her her, yeah i uh uh-huh yeah i feel like you know what i'm saying like it's again just like uh like why i i don't know it's a lot no, I, I I can't even I can't I can't like find a work because like on one hand like I really like this movie and like uh I I don't know I just don't know how it's but then it's like how do you not like if you're making this movie how do you not film that like how would they do that I don't know there must be a way in 2001 though cut this I was gonna say 2000 yeah <laughs> uh but you know what i mean yes yeah i don't know uh but besides the rape just <laughs> the gate someone getting axed in the head and then like strength i don't know that whole end scene i feel like there's nowhere else to put it no and i i think it's kind of brilliant the ending i love oh it me too i think it's a perfect ending it's incredible it's one of the best endings of a movie i've ever seen like as much as it makes me want to dissociate it also is perfect because it's like oh this like long not long but like this kind of really interesting examination of sisterhood and sexuality and societal expectations of beauty and coercion and it's like 
you know, kind of meanders along a little bit. It's got, you know, it's pretty, it's sad, it's a lot. But then you're like, okay, like, yeah, this is a movie. And then this happens at the end. And you're like, what the fuck was this movie that I just watched? And like nothing really foreshadows it happening. Like it just is out of nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all except for their like talk, I guess. Yes. Yeah. But like, like that the very first talk. Yeah. Exactly. The very first talk because but then like you're like there's no way the sister's gonna get axed in the motherfucking head. Yeah. No, there's no way you would guess that. That's actually um, why I saw it. Like. wow this had to be like 10 years ago at this point oh wow uh you know somebody i worked with at the aquarium uh was like they i was talking to him about how i was getting more into um new french extremity oh, uh, okay. movies and just like french movies generally um as you know i collect them nerd uh, i am a nerd um and he was like, oh, have you ever seen this movie, Fat Girl? And I was like, no, but I like that title. I need to know what that is. He was like, well, I won't tell you a single thing about it, but you should watch it and you will never guess what happens at the end. I was like, okay, bet. Well, he was <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I was so shook when I saw it. Like, it was like, I was watching it really loud. So like when he, when the guy smashes the windshield, I was like, what the fuck? Like, cause I didn't see him walk up. Yep. I was looking at, I guess Elena at, in that shot. Uh, yeah, it was just like wild. So that's why I saw it. Someone was just like, Hey, you want to see fucked up movies? You want to <laughs> see fucked up French movies specifically here? Try this one. And like sick. <laughs> yeah, I am uh, thankful because I love this movie. And I, I remember going into work the next day and I was like, that was amazing. And uh, then we stopped being friends. Anyway. Great. <laughs> Nothing brings life. brings people together and takes tears them <laughs> apart like new French extremity. No, we were friends for a while, but then he was a creeper. <laughs> oh, great. Um, but yeah, it, it's yeah. That's why I saw it. I love this movie. I think, you know, it again. If you're someone who is not, uh, hypersensitive, for me, this movie is pretty tame. I know we just explained this whole thing, and we were like, "What the fuck?" But when you watch it, if you didn't know all the like ethical, like and moral uh, problems with it, wouldn't you say this is a pretty tame movie? Uh, I wouldn't, but doing it. Am I fucked up? No, I think it's it's not tame to me because it hits so hard in my own experience with sexual assault that it's so hard for me to watch and makes True. Me, and so I think it's not tame for me in that regard just because of how hard it hits for me in terms of like the reality of sexual assault and getting and coercion and how men talk to women to get what they want. And I think true in terms of like gore, it's obviously very tame, but I think in terms of subject matter, especially if you're more sensitive to things about sexual assault, it's, it's a hard watch. 
it is hard. It's like an emotional movie uh, to an extent, but like for me, everyone is so cold in the movie that it was easier for me to like feel distanced from it. Mm-hmm. Like it is a very real thing that happens, of course, uh, maybe up until the axe murder, but uh, you know, in terms of like coercion and manipulation, that is real, obviously. But um, for me, like I like we get to know Anais and Elena, but they still feel like a little cold to me. So it, it yeah, it's not it's not like I wasn't at all emotionally invested in them and like I wasn't at all shooketh when you know uh the mother and Elena are murdered and then Anais is like assaulted Mm -hmm. obviously that was a lot but for the rest of the movie it's pretty tame like in terms of action like that there really isn't very much like um, yeah most of it is dialogue like yeah a lot of it is dialogue the things that are fucked up about it are like the discussions that people have a lot of the time like it's very frank discussions about things yeah Um, so if you're able to handle the dialogue about it um versus like a movie where i i I don't even i can't even think of a movie off the top of my head right now but like one where you see like manipulation and then like violent like assault or like uh it, it it's like it the movie is weirdly um not not sexless but like it removes it's cold. like it's, just it's cold. cold and distant and it like removes the uh I, what is the word I don't um I, like not in not interest but like you know what i mean like it doesn't focus on the sex acts so much as it focuses on leading up to it until the end. Yeah. But like with Elena and Fernando, like it, it focuses on the buildup and the, the push and pull and like the um, dialogue and tension. And then it cuts away from the sex and only focuses on Anais. So if you're able to deal with that dialogue, then I say this is a really great movie to watch and just like a good example of like good filmmaking. Um, of course, like trigger warnings abound, like there's manipulation, there's coercion, there's sexual assault. Uh, there's like violent sexual assault at the end. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you like you are going to see teenage girls like uh half naked at points you know um which i'm not selling it how i thought i was gonna sell it yeah i was gonna say wow like that makes it sound like really wild it's not like a wild movie is the thing though it's like you know what i mean it sounds things that happen it, it, it sounds wild and a lot does happen but when you watch it it's much more meandering yeah, it, like, takes its time. Yeah. Uh, it builds up a lot. It's, like... It's not in way... a rush to, like, make its point. I feel and like... It, yeah, and it doesn't focus on any of the... Like, I think a really major thing, like, if this was an American movie, and, of course, the girls were of age, 
it would focus on their bodies way more than this movie does. Like the, it's yeah. almost like the male gaze is like, like removed. It, it, it 100% is like, even with the sex scenes and like the, the naked bodies, it's all very like clinical in a way. It's yes. not, it's not meant like, it's or just like normalized even. Yeah, like, exactly. It's not like a it's thing. Sexual. It's like there's sexual content, but it's not sexual. Yes. Thank and you. that's a better way to explain it. It's just Briot removes any of that like sexuality from it to make it feel a little bit more like this is well, despite what she says, it feels a little bit less like sensational and more like, ooh, like kind of icky and kind of like, oh, this is like a sex I don't want to see yes. on screen. Sensational. That was the word. Yeah, exactly. It's like not sensational. It's like the realities of sex in a very pa- pretty painful way. And, and the realities of bodies too. I feel yeah, like. and ha- having a body and just being a person and what that means. Yeah, like it doesn't focus on either of the um, young girls' bodies; they just happen to be, you know, half dressed at points. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Not that yeah. I support that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, sensation. It removes the sensationalism. That's what I was trying to say. It doesn't revel in their naked bodies. It's not like a oh my god, yeah. it's a hot girl. It's like yeah, it's just like these are their bodies. Yeah, this is how bodies look. This is what they look like. And like until I read anything about this movie, I was just like, well, and also I did not realize that. Elena was actually that young, like the the actress uh, Roxanne. Roxanne, is it Miss? It looks like Mesquita, but that sounds. Too that Spanish. is how I think I was pronouncing it. Well, in my head, so I'm not a good person to ask. In in any event, Roxanne, <laughs> uh, I didn't realize she was as young as she was like i thought she would have been like 18 at least mm, because okay. i have too much faith in filmmakers sometimes yeah. i guess yeah um but yeah until i read anything about this i was just like oh they're french <laughs> <laughs> like literally that's what i thought i was like yeah they're they're way more open about like nudity and stuff like i don't know well for a smart person, I sound so stupid sometimes, like, even to myself, and I know it. Oh, my God. Columbia's going to call and be like, we take it back. <laughs> Revoked. Do you not can't come, come here. Do not come here. Don't even come to New York, ever. <laughs> <laughs> You're banned from New York City. Oh, thank God, though. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Make the decision way easier, huh? Just kidding. <laughs> so do you um i think i think i kind of explained like that i recommend this movie to some extent and i love this movie what about you do you recommend it uh, yeah. i know it's hard to ethically recommend uh, i think it's i think it is a good movie. I think it is worth watching. I think Catherine Riott's a very talented filmmaker. I think she has a lot of really fascinating things to say about sexuality and our culture. I think that you should go in with um, self-care in mind and just remembering what the movie is about. Uh, I do recommend it, though. 
I mean, I think it's definitely a film worth seeing. I think it's got a lot of really fascinating things to say about sexuality and virginity in our society and how we uphold these really ridiculous standards that harm women and young girls in ways that we don't think about. So I definitely do recommend it, despite it making me feel sad. I really like this movie. So, yeah. Amen. And I will say, (laughs) you know, up until now when everyone listens to this podcast and realizes this is like an amoral movie um anyone that i've shown this to they they liked it like i never explained shit about it um anyone i've shown it to they really liked it and they did not like uh feel necessarily very disturbed by it Mm -hmm. so i think experiences will vary but I just want to put that out there. This is like weirdly, in my personal opinion, a more accessible one that we're going to cover. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Versus like Sallow. Well, thanks y'all for watching that episode, by the way, and uh, sticking with us. Did I say watching Which... that episode? Yep. <laughs> Listening. To our solo episode and giving us that good feedback. I guess that one's kind of accessible too, but it's gross. But you know, we're eventually going to cover shit like you know a Serbian film. One like solo is pretty inaccessible though. I feel like no one wants to see that movie. I don't know. I go back and forth. I think it's an. I just will say it's inaccessible. The end. I don't care. I know I was a reformed (laughs) woman after the last one, but still. That's okay. You can go back. You're allowed. Um, but yeah. So what movie are we going to talk about next of hers, Dax? I thought you were going to pick. Okay, yeah, it's probably fair. You can ask me that <laughs> question. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, let me see. But I, I was thinking romance. I was also thinking romance. Did you know this is a follow like, um fat girl is like a follow-up to something because i just found that out like right now i I did not know that um yeah well anyway i was thinking romance also that's starring that porn star uh rocco safredi yes there is a lot of sex in this one y'all so get ready do you know where that's available by any chance nope i'll probably just find it online somehow I'll hook you up. Well, if you're not a hoodlum, uh, let's see. Shut up. Oh, it's very hard to Google this movie. Because it just comes up with romance movies. Like, did I ask you about, like, The Notebook? No, I didn't. Yep, I don't know where I'm going to watch it, but if anyone's interested, uh, that's what we're going to watch. It's probably on Pornhub. Probably. I'll send you a link to it. I can probably find it, no problem. Yeah, yep, yeah, there it is. Uh, Is it really? Well, it's like not legal stuff. Uh, uh, Oh, I thought you were on Pornhub. Oh, no, I wasn't on Pornhub. (laughs) No, not yet. Cut (laughs) this. Anyway, <laughs> Cut. you want to do the outro? Yes. Um, so thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Watch Once Never Again. 
Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow the podcast at Wona Podcast. That's at W O N A Podcast. We also have an email that we promise we'll check more. Um, it's <laughs> Wona Podcast at gmail.com. Email us your thoughts about what we've talked about, the a movie that we should cover, a director we should cover. Just let us know. You can also follow the two of us on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm at Daxy Bobbin. Look in the show notes. And that has been another episode. So next week we'll be continuing our director series on Catherine Briott. So get ready, y'all. Thanks for listening. Bye.